Hello, this is Jacob Music, and you're listening to Voice of the Revolution Radio. I am coming to you through SoundCloud.com or through the podcast app from Apple. So this is probably the earliest I have ever recorded a podcast. Um, It is 8.49 in the morning, which is insane for anybody that knows me. I'm not a morning person. Oh my God. But for some reason, I'm doing this. I don't know why. But I have my tea, have my sweatshirt, my hat. You might hear some birds chirping. I don't know. Uh, We have some really good topics today. Um, Not only do we have an anti-MLM video that it will clue us in on the latest in the implosion of Pyramid Scheme LuLaRoe. We have a video from a former Hunbot who is making fun of herself and talking, but she says is making fun of herself, but what's more interesting is she's actually talking about the strategies that she would use to perpetuate her scheme and how she would manipulate other people. So that's what's, what's super fascinating. Then we have one of those robo channel um, videos called um, gynecologists and proctologists share their most awkward patient stories. And there's a patient story in there that's hilarious. And then finally, we're going to wrap up with Dr. Phil and the woman who believes she's married to Vladimir Putin. So that's very interesting. Um, But we're not in this episode going to go into that part of her, but we're going to talk about her relationship with trauma and fantasy and the relationship between trauma and fantasy. And I think that would be a good way to wrap up. Let's start up with me catching you up on where I am at. So unfortunately, I think I've been talking about my depression, mostly my depression and dates. Um, Depression's been pretty bad. Um, I had, you know, this current depressive episode is probably as soon as I start talking about it, I start yawning. Okay, hold on. Ooh, the subconscious is strong. It's trying to protect me. I guess. So it has not been going so well. Honestly, in this entire depressive episode that probably I would say started maybe a month and a half to two months ago, the worst day was probably yesterday. Like, not only is it the kind of what you expect with depression, like low mood, but I have paranoia. I have restlessness. I have inability, anhedonia, inability to take joy in anything, no interest in anything. I'm hungry all the time, which is not normal for me, and it's very annoying. There we go again. It's very annoying to someone who has a chronic fear of getting fat and gaining weight, as I probably have undiagnosed body dysmorphic disorder, as I realized this year. But, yeah, I'm experiencing a lot. I even still have the tics um, from my breakdown that I had, like, a while ago. I'll get, like, one or two tics a day. But yesterday was just it. And and honestly, it's almost like every day. It's just with all these symptoms, feeling like shit, feeling like I'm not interested in anything, super paranoid, physically tired, the fact that I can't sleep a full night. Oh, my God. Okay, my unconscious needs to allow me to speak this. You see, it really, it really doesn't want me going here. Or it's trying it because it's painful, but I am going to anyways. 
Um, basically, these days, if I can wake up, maybe go back to sleep, get some more sleep. If I can not feel like complete shit, if I can take a shower before 4 p.m., if I can leave the house at all, if I can go a day without having suicidal thoughts, then that's my victory. I consider that a victory. And that wasn't always what I was labeling a victory for myself. Oh my God. This is how you know I'm getting at some good stuff. But for right now, that has to be how I measure a victory. Because life is so difficult. And it's just unremitting. Grinding. Pain. And I hate that. I don't, don't think that I like any of this. I don't. I think some people do sometimes, but that would be a mistake. I'm certainly not enjoying my symptom, like Lacan, not at all. I want for it. I'm starting to get to the point where just, more than anything, I would just want to be normal. And I wonder like what I would exchange to get that. Maybe anything, I don't know. Or at least, not even just to be normal, but just to not be hurting all the time. I'm so done, I'm so tired, I'm so fatigued. You know, many days I feel like I'm 80 years old, like I've lived this entire long, long, long life. And I haven't, I'm only 29. And yeah, that's relatively long, I guess. But it's not as long as I'm going to live, I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. But I did have another date. Well, let me not segue so quickly. So today I feel better. Obviously, I feel better enough to be recording this podcast. But every day is a struggle. I don't take it for granted that it's a struggle. And I'm working very hard at being nice to myself and not have it being unrealistic about my expectations because every influence in this world is telling me that I can fix it. If I just thought differently, I would fix it. If I just tried harder, it would fix my disorder. And mostly by people who don't have this disorder or have a different one. So I think that's telling. Um, but I did have another day with Marcia. Oops. Oh, I shouldn't say his name. Oopsies. Ooh, don't listen to this. <laughs> God, I just fucked up the whole thing now. Um, oh, well. Yeah, it was really good. It was good. So basically, I planned a surprise for him and I. And so what that surprise was, was an escape room. He had no, no idea what an escape room was. So that was really funny. So, and he, clearly he doesn't like surprises. Oh my God. Clearly he doesn't like surprises, but I did surprise him at the escape room and ultimately he had a good time. There was this cute guy there who was working and he was like, he may have been gay, I don't know. Cause he was super friendly to us. I convinced him to put on the clown mask and I'm like, I totally would have asked him out, but that would be really rude because I was already on another date. So I wouldn't do that um, because that's rude. But 
At the same time, I don't think, mm-hmm, would mind if I was dating other guys. I don't think so. As long as I'm not like flagrantly, like in flagrante doing it or something. I don't know. At this point, I have bigger fish to fry. But at this point, it's just a fun relationship that's the best part of my week. We go out. We fool around sometimes if we can find where to do it. And we have a good time together, and he's nice. But I think it's becoming very clear that he's not. And there was so much, because I've never had a relationship, and from the same people I was thinking of earlier, there's, like, some family, some friends, there's a lot of pressure that the guys that I date, if I date them for, you know, longer than, like, one date, there's a lot of pressure of, oh, is this automatically that this is serious, automatically that he's your boyfriend, automatically that you're going to fall in love with him. Like, you clearly don't know me. Like, if you think I'm just going to fall in love with anybody, just the first person who comes along, uh, no. No. No, 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 no. And I'm not, not to say that I know myself, because I really don't know myself, like, in this way. Like, I don't, I simply put, have not had enough experience to know myself. I don't know what would make me fall in love, really. I have an idea that it would be if a guy who I find attractive physically but who I'm very compatible with intellectually and disposition-wise. So I need very specific conditions for me to fall for someone outside of when I was like 21 and younger. Then I would just fall for freaking anybody. But I was 21, so it is what it is. So, but I, I know very clearly that this dating relationship is not a love relationship and because that will ha happen so, has never happened for me. And that's going to be very rare, very, very, very rare for me. So I'm just trying to enjoy it and enjoy him and give him as many experiences of the United States because he's from Brazil as he can. He's so caring. He listens to me. And I love that. And I love to listen to him. And we just, you know, after so long of not, you know, having any luck with guys and dates and in a period of my life when so many things are going wrong, I'm so thankful that I have this one area in which things are going right. And I really am thankful for him. I really am because, you know, that's the highlight of my week. And that's a period where I'm not, you know, I'm not miserable and I have fun and I feel like I'm productive and good and I'm helping somebody else out because I try to give him new experiences. And I would like to say I don't, I, you know, that my depressive thoughts don't intrude, but that would be wrong. Um, on our date, out of nowhere, we were walking on the street, maybe even hand in hand, and out of nowhere, boom, I thought about killing myself. And it's like, couldn't it have not, it's like, what about this situation that I'm in has anything to do with that? Can I just leave that behind for one evening, one portion of one day? But no, even when I was on the date, I had a suicidal thought. And that bothers me so much. And that was part of the reason that I was bothered after this date. Because that my mental health was able to intrude upon things like this. So, that's 
going to be the extent of my update for you now. And we're going to move on. But I'll reveal more. Hopefully today I feel fine. Hopefully in the future I feel fine. We'll see. Okay, so we're going to start off with the Lula layoff. So let me preface the story. So LulaRoe is a leggings-oriented and clothing-oriented pyramid scheme that is founded by a man named Mark and a woman named Deanne. They're Mormon. It targets um, specifically larger women and single mothers as its um, target demographics for becoming its participants. And um, it blew up big time. Like, it started in 2013 and it, expl ex it exploded rather quickly. Uh, and it was definitely one of the biggest pyramid schemes, one of the biggest second tier pyramid schemes in its time. But in the past year, things have been a little rocky, specifically in the past two months. About two months ago, anti-MLM Facebook pages were reporting that the LuLaRoe warehouses in Corona, California were eerily quiet in a way that they had not been for years. Then after that, about a week and a half or two weeks later, they announced layoffs. Let's listen to this. This is from, who is this from? The Foxhole is closing its Corona California distribution center and announced that all 167 employees there will be laid off just five days before Christmas. So that's what's going on with LuLaRoe. Not only are they laying off all of the employees at the Corona warehouse, which is the warehouse that deals with American shipments and I'm guessing international shipments as well, but even more sad, it's literally five days before Christmas that they're going to lose their jobs. Uh, I'm sure there's some corporate MLM saving money logic behind that, but it not only looks good and looks bad, it not only looks bad for LuLaRoe and the people involved, but the industry as well. Um, you know, LuLaRoe was one of the big success stories over the past few years and was one of these businesses that the boss babes had. So, I don't know, it's re like, on the one hand, it's like, well, good, a scheme is collapsing. But these were not, this he, they weren't letting go of the distributors who pay to participate. These are paid employees with ostensibly benefits and, you know, job security. This is when it's really sad. When a Hun, lo quote, loses their job, they're really receiving freedom. When somebody like this loses their job, they're losing a livelihood. And so this is the sad part of the MLMs, is that they're built to self-destruct after a few years. For everything that I heard, LuLaRoe was not a good place to work. Graphic designers had to make patterns in literally 30 seconds and then raise your hand when you were done, and then so that they could monitor you were making enough patterns. For anyone who knows LuLaRoe patterns, that aptly summarizes why they look like they do. That explains the hot dog shirt. That explains the tick leggings. That explains the seams that don't match up. That explains things coming out of your vagina kind of stuff. Um, which that seems to be like there's one, there could be one graphic designer who's gone rogue and making everything sexual. I don't know. But quality control is nil. But this is really sad. Um, so this can, let's continue with the Lula, Lula layoffs. Industry. 
long-term business and operational demands. Doesn't really sound like they're too worried about people or fashion or anything else like that. Weird. Oh, I don't know. It sounds like their whole uh, business model is, is not what they've represented. Is that, could that be the case? <laughs> I'm just scratching my head. And can I also just say five days before Christmas? That is monstrous. I mean, even if you don't celebrate Christmas or the holidays in general, if that's like not your thing or whatever, for whatever reason, I mean, that's still terrible. That's the middle of winter for most people. Well, in California, I don't know if it gets terribly cold out there in the Corona, California area. If you're from around there, let me know. I'm sure, um, I mean, it can't be as cold as where I am up north at this point. <laughs> but um, either way, that's just like a really bad time of year for that for so many different reasons. and. Ah, uh, it's gross. Okay, let's move on to the next uh, next bit. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself either. It's a really horrible time. A lot of people are going to be... I know people who are just spending thousands of dollars on Christmas. I can't imagine what it's like to be not only having to work for LuLaRoe, but um, then going ahead and actually being laid off is just... I don't know why I chuckled there, but... Probably because there's an ad playing in the video I'm queuing up. I am not, I guarantee I'm not laughing at the people who are being laid off. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just pretty, it, it's a horrible situation from a company that has screwed people over from day one. And they have their whole origin story about how they started making dresses and shit. And they made kids dresses and then somehow it became LuLaRoe. I don't know if you saw that documentary. If you're really interested in LuLaRoe like I am, like I actually watched their propaganda film. And it was a good, it was a well-made propaganda film. But it doesn't excuse or explain why they are so exploitative, just like other MLMs. And let's continue with this Lula layoffs video now. The warehouse will close 12 days before a new state law takes effect that requires more transparency about sales tax sharing deals, including information about how cities plan to hold companies accountable if they fail to carry out the terms. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it makes sense now. It turns out LuLaRoe had a tax sharing deal with the city Corona in which it is in, operating in. And it means that every couple of Every certain period of time, Corona would pay LuLaRoe some of its tax money as a, um, I guess, a thank you for bringing, quote, bringing the, the business there and bringing the revenue, tax revenues there. So it's, it just sounds very corrupt and a really weird merging of the public and private sector, if you know what that means, with, if there's a word for that, you know, maybe. And, you know... Um, all very sketchy, but just because and it is interesting, as soon as there's supposed to be more transparency for that, LuLaRoe's gone. Honestly, tells you all you need to know about LuLaRoe without even knowing about anything else. You don't need to know about anything else. Okay, so let's go to a former Hunbot who's gonna roast herself, but what she's, she says she's roasting herself, but what she's really doing is what we should look at when we're listening to this anti-MLM video, is listen to the tactics that she used to, quote, sell and, like, market her business. These are very, these are widely used tactics. We've seen them many times in the anti-MLM community. Very rarely are the tactics original. And I think these are the ones that uplines are promoting. So maybe that's why they're so important. And I 
don't remember if her MLM was Shakeology slash Beachbody or a different one. I know it was not unique, so I'm not sure. I don't remember which one her what her MLM was, but honestly, it's irrelevant because they use the same tactics. Let's listen in. Basically leave pictures or screenshots, whatever, dug up from my old Facebook. And I have all of my notes here because I kind of wanted to talk about each one. So if you see me looking down, that's what it is. So first and foremost, let's take a look at this screenshot. I thought it was unique now, because of her bad Now, I like to makeup. call this the happy face. So basically, you have to put on this persona of my life is great, I'm living the dream, you know, that was part of it. So you'll see a lot of these girls will be like, oh my god, life is great, oh my god, and like, you know, mouth open, like how mine is in that picture. It's so cringy. I look, I look back on these old posts of myself and I'm just like, what was I thinking? When I was actually looking Dollar through signs. all these old Facebook posts, I texted my fiance and I was like, hey, how could you possibly let me be one of those people? It's just, you're basically trying to sell a lie. Or for some of the girls that are way up top, they are selling the dream because they are living that dream. But it's a very small percentage of the girls that get to the top. Honestly, not much to add there. You are selling a lie, you are selling the dream. That's kind of the whole point of it. It's like normal advertising, but on steroids. But when you push it so hard, it becomes annoying. And I actually noticed that I was losing more friends on Facebook than I was actually gaining. Yeah, I'm not surprised. The Hunbot tactics and the pushy sales tactics, the manipulative, especially sales tactics, the emotionally manipulative ways, how it transforms people that were experienced a certain way into people who were experienced in a completely different way is astounding. I mean, the MLM process as a phenomenon, the way that it changes behavior and personality is truly needs to be studied because it, it's kind of like that, oh, you become a business person, the bourgeoisie, you know, greed becomes your everything. Money is your idol, but that's on steroids. And add that to the fact that you're not earning, actually earning any money. You're earning 90 cents for every $100. I mean, it's, it's everything about it, from the exploitation of those under you, to the exploitation of you, to the fact that you worship money, all of it is, is exaggerated. None of it is in proportion. None of it at all. MLM is like the Alice in Wonderland of capitalism. Literally the same thing from every single girl. It's, I know that they'll say it's not scripted, blah, blah, blah. Let's be real here. It kind of is, okay? It's kind of scripted because you're told what to talk about. So all y'all are... Yeah, so they're given these copy and paste things. It's like the la <laughs> it's the laziest way that people think they're going to make a million dollars. By copy and pasting. I mean, I, I think I've said it on the show. Like, I've seen copy and paste MLM things. Like, hey, sweaty messages where it's like... Um, oh my god, I'm looking at her ridiculous MLM pictures that she had someone take for her. They're just, ugh. So she was definitely Beachbody, because it says New You Challenge Group. So Challenge Group is one of the ways that Beach promotional techniques that Beachbody uses. That's their version of 
product tester or model or whatever. I think we talked about that in a previous episode. Um, I don't know what I was saying, but we'll just continue. Basically, with the challenge groups, you're supposed to make it sound exclusive and you're supposed to say, oh, you know, I have two more spots left available for this group that's starting on, I don't know, November 1st. And they try to make it seem exclusive. It's really not. You can have as many people as you want in the group. It's not that you have two more spots available. They do that so that people jump on it real quick. It's all a, a, a manipulation tactic, okay? So whenever you see those, there's more room on their team. They're just trying to make it sound like it's something special. It's all a marketing trick. The last screenshot I wanted to share, which is... So by the way, this is a Mon Monica Simbieta. So that's her name. And yeah, so like I said, or like she said, actually. So yeah, they're creating this false exclusivity. They're, do they're trying to use fear of missing out as a ways of manipulating people into joining their organization. And this, what we've covered here, lines up with every other example of the predatory and exploitative nature of this kind of marketing organization. And honestly, they're commercial cults. That's what I would call some of them, at least. Now, let's go to our fun gynecologist and proctologist story. Oh, my God. From Radio TTS, which is one of my favorite robo-channels. And if you don't know what robo-channels are, they're basically these minimally branded channels that take Reddit posts and have a robot read them and then put them in a video and then put them on YouTube. So, there you go. Here's this gynecologist and proctologist awkward patient story. Not a gyno, but my doctor is the same doctor that delivered me and all three of my sisters. On my first visit, as we were having a casual conversation, she stuck a finger in both my vagina and butt at the same time. I've never felt more awkward in my life and to this day, not a single person I have asked has had a similar experience. Wait a minute, that wasn't as fun as I was anticipating. Oh! Um... I knew a guy who used to want to like, or not want to, he, his girlfriend liked him to do the shocker on her, which is what that's called, sort of. <laughs> um, to get double, double penetrated manually by your gynecologist. And apparently this was who delivered you. That's very weird, creepy, and there really seems to be no medical need for it. It's not even hot. Because clearly this person did not like it. She just stuck her finger up the butt. Um, maybe that's some sort of advanced pap smear. No, that can't be it. Prostate check? Oh, wait, she was a woman. Um, hmm, I, you know what? I really don't know. really don't know how to explain that. It was definitely awkward to hear about and creepy. Um, I've, I have not heard of any woman have that experience. Um, okay, let's just silently move on from that to Mr. Phil, Mr. Dr. Phil. Okay, so this is a troubled family. Their mother was traumatized when she was growing up, and like usual, her children have suffered the consequences. Dealing with a mother who not only believes delusions, like the fact that she is in a relationship with the Russian president, but also 
who feels like they've really abandoned her emotionally and they've been really mean to her. And um, but I'm sure you know this story definitely goes both ways. Um, and they're trying to talk about why she has escaped into fantasy. Let's explore. I think when you were growing up. I think there have been some really unresolved conflicts in your life. I think you spent a lot of years being lied to about who your father was. I think that you were really violated uh, when you were 14 years old. And you make out like it wasn't that big a deal to you, but you did try to take your own life after that. May I speak candidly about this? Uh, your, your mother was raped when she was 14 by three different people. And this was never really tended to. Yeah. Some of these things can be so painful that we really do seek escapism. We, we, you, you mentioned fantasy. Yeah. That's exactly right. Sometimes life can get so difficult that you really do try to find some way to, you know, you call it daydreaming, and sometimes it gets so chronic that we start to live in this yeah. daydream world. Absolutely true. I actually think that my illness is very closely related to this because there are many different reactions to trauma that one can have. I would say the least serious of these is annoyance, and this ranges all the way to disassociative identity disorder, where you fragment into different people, or complete catatonic state, or complete fugue state or well, not complete fugue state because there has to be an end to the fugue but there are every there you know every level of severity there is every level of experience to traumatic experience that one can have every level and for this woman who has become delusional and has become alienated from her children because, not only because of the trauma, but what's maybe even more important is she didn't receive necessary clinical treatment and help and support while and after she was being traumatized is what led to her, you can either take it, this, is, this isn't just my conception of it, you take it out inward, you take it out outward, or you disassociate. Or or you can just become psychotic. So I, I guess that's that's those are four. And some are neurotic, some are psychotic. This woman's is psychotic. Mine is neurotic. I have taken, I took my trauma, my anger, my frustration, my sadness, my doubt in myself, my confusion. I've taken that out inwardly. And don't get me wrong, this is not some conscious process. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It is not a conscious process. It is the unconscious process of how I've dealt with my past. I didn't choose it. It chose me. Or rather, my subconscious, that's simply how it worked. How it found the most expedient way to take care of what it needed to do so I could continue. And allowed me to be, to move on for many years. But it doesn't work forever. Every strategy has its price. And for this woman, her price is very great. She's alienated herself from her family. She's believing crazy things. 
and she's ended up on Dr. Phil, which so you know it's pretty bad. And for me, my cost is everything that I explained at the beginning of this episode. Four friends, we have come full circle. You have been listening to Voice of the Revolution Radio. I'm Jacob Music. You are hearing this on SoundCloud.com or on the podcast app by Apple. Until next time, thank you for listening.